everyone, and welcome back to Conversations with Nista. I'm here today with my friend, Christine Marie, who is a writer, a spiritual teacher, and a healer. Christine, I'm really excited to have you on, really in the new season of Conversations with Nista. Um, I know we've been talking off camera about revamping and new energy, and I think that um, can really go into our conversation today. So thanks so much for taking the time, and I'm going to hand over the mic to you to tell the audience a little bit more about yourself and what you do. Mm, yeah, thank you so much for having this conversation. I'm so, so grateful to be here, and I I already feel the energy between us beginning to um, just come in um, and like this really beautiful synergy. And so I'm excited to explore that more. Um, so yeah, uh, my name is Christine Marie and I am a medicine woman who supports others in allowing them to heal themselves through the different modalities that I use. Um, and we can go into like all of those things that I do for, you know, work and professional life, but I love to just share a little bit about my story and a little bit about um, how and why I came to this work in the beginning. Um, so just going back to when I was a child, I had um, I'd suffered from quite a bit of trauma, neglect, um, abuse, all of the things that you could possibly imagine a little child uh, suffering from in a household. Um, my father has um a poor relationship with substances and my mother was diagnosed with schizophrenia before I was even born so most of my life I'd been searching for this sense of love that I never received the sense of feeling um at home and one and safe and secure and I spent my entire life searching for that and um like just searching for it in different places different romantic partners and in my early early adolescence, I I had to hit my dark night of the soul moment in order to really realize all of the pain and the suffering that I was running away from facing. And what happened in that instance was I was suffering from a broken heart after I was in an abusive relationship when I was in college. And that was really sobering for me because I would, it was like years after that, that I still felt really heartbroken. And I still felt really lost and really ashamed of what I had put myself through. And it wasn't until like I had this moment of hitting my, my face on the cold bathroom floor. Um, when I realized, like I heard this voice within that just pretty much told me you can either continue to go this way and be in this state of suffering or you can pick a new direction, seek support and really go inward and figure out why essentially I was creating my own depression, my own lack of self-worth. And so I chose a new path. And along that journey, I really took the time and the space to get to know who it is I truly was behind the trauma story, behind what happened to me. And I I decided that I could change it into, well, what happened? Why did it happen for me? Why did I go through these challenges? Why, did, why were these lessons brought into my life for me to grow and gain wisdom from? And that's when I channeled like all of this pain and and wisdom and um and truth into my book breaking free and um putting together my book breaking free it 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 saved my life because for the first time I was able to finally express everything that I I always wanted to and never could because it was unsafe especially as a child and so right now um just in my day to day, I really have this affinity and this deep knowing that I am supposed to be here to support other people and going through their same process and to also be a voice for the voiceless, for those that don't have the opportunity or the capability to express their truth. This is the first time I've ever heard you tell that story from start to finish. And I know we didn't even dive deeper into 
those specific experiences, what they were like, what that dark night of the soul moment was for you. I do want to touch a little bit deeper on everything that you said, but even right now I feel so immersed and like taken aback. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of things that I'm going to learn about you in this conversation. And so I'm really looking forward to it. I do want to backtrack to the dark night of the soul experience as comfortable as you are speaking about that and getting into it. Um, describe for the audience who may not even be familiar with the concept of dark night of the soul, what that is and walk us through that point in your life where you were, maybe what age, context, mm -hmm. environment, surroundings. Mm, thank you. Yeah, let me just jump into to that moment in that um, season of my life because it feels, yeah, it feels so far from where I am now. Um, yeah, I was 24 and I had just moved to Portland, Oregon from Michigan and I was in a nursing job. I was a bedside nurse um, and I remember being in my studio apartment in Portland feeling really alone and really lost, feeling like I had everything that I could possibly want. I had a stable job. I had a beautiful place to live. I had, you know, made my dreams come true as far as I knew it. Um, and I was so unfulfilled. I felt so out of alignment and I didn't really know what that was then. But now looking back, I was like, oh, I was out of alignment with what I was supposed to be doing and where I was being called to be in service and also feeling really disconnected from myself. And usually a lot of a lot of even um, those that I know and those that I serve my clients, um, I can tell that they're going through a dark night of the soul because they begin to um, see things from a way different perspective than they used to or that they've been conditioned by society. They begin to see that our reality is completely multidimensional. They begin to see that they're the creator of their own reality. They get to see, um, honestly, that there's a lot that we as a society and as individuals run away from looking at because it's too painful and it's too hard. And usually we kind of walk around at the surface level thinking everything is okay until something br brings us down to our knees in a moment of despair and is like, look at this. Because if you don't, it's just going to continue to bottle up inside and at some point you're gonna break, essentially. And a dark night of the soul moment is a really beautiful opportunity to take inventory of yourself and your life and to take a look at of how disconnected from your truth you really have been living. And that's what happened to me. And um, a dark night of the soul moment for me was complete and utter... <sighs> agony? Surrender, trust, and knowing, really fully knowing that in order to come to the light, that we have to move through the darkness. I use this um, image all the time of the tree, of like the deeper the branches grow into the soil, the higher or the deeper the roots grow into the so soil, the higher the branches can go grow. And I love that because it it allows us to not be so afraid of of what's hidden or to be so afraid of everything that we may not be facing. Um, and usually it's it's deeper, deeper layers than we could even possibly know. Yeah, I what stuck with me from that was how you described the dark night of the soul to be a beautiful opportunity. Because mm -hmm. when I look back to that moment of time for me, I'll almost look at it from a victim mindset. And so for you to be able to reframe that and say, this is you almost surrendering to something even greater, like with the analogy of the tree. Mm -hmm. I just, I think that's, that's beautiful because I'm still working on, owning 
the things that happened to me and owning why they happened. And I'm curious to get into that journey more for you. You mentioned um, in this in the beginning of understanding why things happened the way they did and being able to channel those energies into breaking free. I'm curious what that was like. So like post dark night of the soul, you know, maybe you're 24, 25 at this point. How did it go from there to writing breaking free and to really being empowered in the experiences that you had and wanting to own them and share them with the world? Hmm. Yeah. So I've been a writer since I was a little girl and that was the one space that I could turn to that I could fully express myself completely without um, a fear of rep being reprimanded or a fear of, you know, getting in trouble, um, whether that was anger or my deep sensitivity, my deep emotions. There was no room for me to have emotions in my in my childhood because of the chaos that was around me. And so writing was always that tool for me. And as I was coming home to this understanding of of my story and my process and all the things I had been through, um, writing was that tool for me to really come to an understanding of, of what was it that I went through and what's the wisdom that I gained along the way. And the more that I wrote Breaking Free, the more that I really allowed myself to dive deeper into my own sense of self and soul, the more at home I felt with who it is I truly was. And the more freer I, I felt, I literally, the process of writing Breaking Free literally is what broke me free. And it was my lifeline. It was my salvation that I turned to every morning when I was in those dark moments of like feeling really alone and lost. And I was trying to find a connection back to me. That's really what it was. And that was my process among other healing modalities I use, but that was the biggest one. And, um, to be able to understand that as I wrote it, I was like, oh, this really is about me, but it's not because I kept getting this message just from within that there's so many more people that could be, that could feel connected to their truth by me sharing it with them, by me sharing my truth with them. And there's so many more people that go through the same experiences that feel alone and it's it's my duty to share this piece of work because you never know how much that can impact someone's life. And since the publish, publishing of it, I've had countless of people reach out to me and say nothing but, you know, all of these things of how breaking free allowed them to step more into their truth and use their voice for their own healing. And it's, it's just a really beautiful ripple effect that we can create when we step fully into our truth and express it. I Something else that comes up for me as you're sharing that is it seemed like the writing process was in a way therapeutic and an escape for you at the same time, not only as a child, but like throughout your 20s. And you mentioned like exploring romantic relationships as well. Like where did, aside from writing, really that healing journey begin to come in for you? I think it goes back to that feeling of never feeling worthy or never feeling fully loved or worthy of love. And for me, besides the writing part, I needed to return back to the little girl that was me that I had abandoned when I was a child. When I was a little one, I was so sensitive. I was so um, in tune with my intuition. And because of my experiences, I had to abandon that intuition out of mere survival. And a lot of us have to do that. Um, a lot of us do do that in different ways. And so in order to reclaim my lost parts, I had to journey back to her and show her that I can be there for her now. I can I can become the parent that she's always wanted. 
and that she's always needed and I can love her and I can show her her truth and her worth and I can give her everything that she never received. And so um, that's my process. Uh, that's one of my processes, yeah. I think the inner child healing concept is still so novel in mm. like our, our current times. People are familiar, I think, with therapy. They're familiar with these different healing modalities like journaling and, and meditation. But when you hear the word inner child, it's still very new. I want to hear more from your perspective and I'll chime in as well here with the inner child facet to the healing journey. Like what really is the inner child? Like how are they represented in our day-to-day lives? Why is it so important to heal this inner child? Oh my gosh. It's like one of my favorite topics. (laughs) You know, this is, this is the way that I, I see the inner child. Um, when we're born into this world, we all have our own unique personality and our own unique sense of expression. And whether it's due to our, you know, our critical parents or our societal conditioning or our trauma or whatever it is, um, there's this sense of innocence and the sense of playfulness and the sense of intuition that can get lost or or we can be told that like, it's not okay. Or, you know, say if you were somebody that, you know, you you got hurt when you were younger and in the way that you express your hurt was through anger. And then if your parent tells you, well, don't be, don't express that way, don't be that way. Then you learn to shut down your anger. You learn to shut down those emotions and emotions are really healthy. Emotions need to be expressed or else they get stored in the body and they get stored in the energy field. And so if we're all wa- walking around with a sense of like our emotions are bad or our anger is not is not worthy of being heard or it's unsafe to express anger or sadness, then um, how can we ever feel connected to our emotions if we never feel safe enough to express them? And so that's just one part of the inner child healing, you know, that's just one little um, corner of it. And then... I don't know if you follow Gabor Mate, but I love I I connect with his teaching so much of like our biggest trauma is our disconnection from our true self. And that's what most of us face as little children. And so again, kind of like I shared before of um if we don't know, if we if we disconnect from our true self, if we disconnect from that little one we begin to run a life or to follow a path that isn't in alignment with that truth because we don't know what it is because we had to abandon it. And so all these people may be in jobs that they don't enjoy or that they don't feel fulfilling or their relationships that, um, you know, represent uh, this mirroring of maybe low self-worth or, you know, lack of love or worthiness or whatever wounding that they've carried from childhood. And so, um, you know, I encourage, you know, those that are listening, take a look at your life and feel into every part of how you're living and, and ask yourself, are you in alignment with your truth? Does it feel, does it feel like you're, you know, do you feel like in flow with the universe? Does it feel like you are, um, and this doesn't mean that bad things don't happen to you because that's spiritually bypassing, right? Like, we want to be real. We want to be real. Like challenges come, life is hard. Um, but if we're on our path, if we're on our path of truth, then whenever challenges do come, we can fully trust that we can navigate them and then that we can gain the wisdom from whatever that, that occurrence is. And then we can become better and evolve and grow because of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because as you were speaking, I wanted to almost conversely bring up that Uh, I saw this Instagram post this morning that was, I think it was from the holistic psychologist, but I am going to go back and double check after uh, that was saying trauma is anything that isn't familiar to us. And so almost conversely, we 99% of the time, most of us do grow up in families or do grow up with experiences that aren't entirely connected to our truth, but we begin to identify with them because they feel familiar And so that's where the dark night of the soul comes in, because then when you connect, it is traumatic because the connection to yourself isn't familiar on a Mm -hmm. conscious level to the ego. It isn't familiar. Mm -hmm. The soul Mm -hmm. is doing everything it can to 
get back into alignment. It may feel an alignment, but everything on the material level is like falling apart. It's just a massive tower moment. And that's why the dark night of the soul is so difficult because it isn't familiar. And so much of, at least for me, my trauma came from really my later years in life. It came from when I went through the dark night of the soul in my own journey. And I had to walk away from friend groups and face that feeling of isolation of, wow, I'm different. And they can be tied back to my childhood as well, feeling like maybe, you know, I don't want to make assumptions, but maybe you also felt like maybe you just never fit in. There's something about you when you were just that kid who never fit in. And so for me, I think it did start from childhood in very subtle ways. Um, But then stepping into my path and my power and who I really am, it just amplified it so much more for me. Mm. Oh, I just had full body chills as you were speaking. Thank you so much for sharing that insight. And yeah, absolutely. I love the, um, I love that you touched upon the dark night of the soul being unfamiliar. And, and what's, what's, What's hard about that too is it feels like we're out of control completely. And what do we not like to feel as humans? Out of control. It complete it makes complete sense. And so we grasp and we cling and we hold on to these things or these people yeah. that, that really don't fulfill us. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes this feeling of like, well, I'd rather um have somebody than nobody. Yes. You know, and um, to me, it got to a point where I I tried that before and it was creating, it was making me suffer even more. And so I, I had to stop. Yeah, because I, girl, I have been there and I'm sure so many people <laughs> watching have been there too, where it's like, I would know on a logical level, hey, I've outgrown this situation or I'm no longer in alignment with the situation or this friendship connection, what have you, but I would keep going back because I was like being alone. It's terrifying. And then it comes to a point where you do it over and over and realize nothing is going to change. Like I am literally being forced to separate myself from this situation until you finally do it. And I think that is the moment where the lesson of surrender really comes in, that you realize the divine always Mm -hmm. just has greater power than you. And you are the divine expressing you know, it's it's cosmic energy in itself in this material form. I don't want people to forget that. But there is, at least in my opinion, a greater play that is happening that is greater than you, that has more wisdom than you, that has more foresight than you. And I think as oftentimes as humans, we don't like to admit that or we aren't prepared to admit that. Totally. Yeah, I don't think I, I think some of us aren't. Um we don't even know that really that's what's really happening, you know, until we get to the other side of it. And I I want to touch a little bit about the part where you talked about this feeling of aloneness. And that's why cultivating our, our connection, not only to our inner child is supportive, but to our, our spirit team, to our connection with source, to some sort of higher power, whether that's, you know, if you call it God, if you call it source, if you call it divine, whatever it is, but this feeling that you really are always supported and guided by the universe, that you truly are never alone. And when you continue to build that connection with, you know, that energy, then you can feel like no matter what you go through, that you're really not alone. And then that takes away that fear and then that you can become more resilient and then that you can continue to, um, practice exercising your intuition and like allowing space for you to kind of save yourself, you know, with divine support. Yeah. I did want to touch on this one piece that you wrote that's on your Instagram because I, Mm -hmm. I won't say resonate with it in terms of my personal experiences, but at least in the words that you wrote, I found to contextualize them in my own way. Mm -hmm. And It reads, and this is from Christine Marie's Instagram. Um, I will definitely link her in our description below so you guys can go check out her amazing work. But it reads, your poor mother, I think of her often and how it must feel to have raised a son who never learned how to respect a woman's intelligence, 
who never learned how to allow a woman to feed her independence, who never learned how to kiss a woman's wounds when she needs stitches, but instead you treat us like damaged goods, kick us to the curb. When you are bored and finished, you take the sole of your shoe and press it up against my chest. You have nothing left to give me, you say. You steal your heart out of my hands. This is your piece. Mm -hmm. You have nothing left mm -hmm. by Christine Marie. <laughs> I want to hear more about what inspired this specific piece. Yeah, well, thank you so much for bringing this piece up. Um, if I'm being honest, this is one of my most vulnerable pieces of work that I um, I held near and dear to my heart before I felt safe enough to share it. And it's in my book, Breaking Free. Um, so the inspiration behind that piece was the anger. It was the disgust. It was the... It was the rage that I was feeling inside of me from being in a relationship where the other person was very unconscious of their actions and their behaviors and the harm that they were doing um, to me. And especially when we talk about right now with women coming into their sense of self and their voice, it's so important that we can all use it to, or feel safe enough to use it in a way that is therapeutic and that is um, supporting other women using their voices. And this piece especially is just stating that, <sighs> yeah, I felt in that relationship that any sense of myself any sense of independence that I had, any sense of um, something outside of the relationship that I was yearning for or my dreams or my truth, it was dampened down because he was afraid of it. Because the more that taller that I was, you know, the less taller he was. And um, in that sort of relationship, there was a lot of possession and a lot of control and um, me being independent, me being powerful, and me being like fully in my, you know, just truth goddess-like energy was a threat to him because then he couldn't disempower me anymore. And so it's kind of like a big fuck you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I know. I just think there's so many women tuning into this episode who are in that like boss girl, women empowered state of mind mm -hmm. who may currently be in relationships where they are facing possession and they are facing control. Um, this reminds me so much. And it's, it's interesting because that's, you know, what I mentioned earlier, I can contextualize it into my own experience. Um, I was in a relationship where when I started entering this whole world of content creation, I was, you know, asked, well, are you sure you want to do this? Like, you're, you're not very social, like you're, you're pretty introverted. Are you, are you sure? Mm -hmm. And it was so subtle, right? It was so subtle where I was like, yeah, of course. But then later you reflect back on those conversations and you're like, no, I did feel a certain way in that conversation. And you explore mm -hmm. that feeling. And for me, it was like, I, I dealt with a lot of these comments or these like slight, almost like when I started further stepping into my truth, whether that was from friends or that was from a romantic partner. And in the moment, you don't recognize it as a form of insecurity or a form of jealousy, right? And then you look back on it and it's like, where was that comment coming from? Like, would I have said that if I was in that mm -hmm. person's shoes and one of my best friends or my partner was sharing with me their dreams and their goals, I would be so excited. Like I am that friend who gets so excited for people and hypes them up when I see them going after what they want. And so it was, it was bizarre. Like it was foreign to me to not have that from the people that I loved. Um, any just advice or words of wisdom just from your own experiences to women who may be feeling 
Um, like they are in a relationship where there's maybe some of these power dynamics or they feel a little constricted from living out their truth. Yeah, yeah. I think honestly, one thing that comes to my mind is usually someone's opinion about you is a projection of their own fear. And so, and it's hard because when you're on the other side of it, you know, it's hard to not take it personally. It's hard to feel like, well, why can't you just be happy for me? Why can't you just encourage me? And luckily right now I'm in a beautiful relationship that he he does that everything that I want want to do and have. He's so, so, so supportive. And I, I feel so grateful for him. Um, but yeah, coming back to even like friendships or partners that that maybe they're, you know, too scared of of you shining your light because it means who knows it means maybe there's a fear of abandonment maybe it's a fear of not feeling worthy it's usually something within them it has nothing to do with you it's i'm so glad you brought that up because literally i was showering this morning and thinking about that and i feel like you hear that so often right like when people say oh their comments are a projection of their own fear a projection of, of really how they see themselves and it's one thing to know that. And it's another thing to really, really tap into it and empathize with it to the point where you almost, you want to wish them well. Like you don't even take mm -hmm. the pain to heart. And that's where I was last night. Um, it was the first time where I chose to reframe everything from my past because I think the past three years, um, really three years ago is I think when I went through what I would call, you know, my dark night of the soul. It was when I was 21-ish. Um, I'm 24 now. And I can't seem to let go of that victim mindset around like, why? Like, why did it have to happen? I, I still notice that I struggle with that. And so last night was the first time where I was like, okay, Nista, what if you just wish them well? Like, what if you stopped dwelling on why they did that to you, right? Because you know, like to a certain level, I know that there was insecurity. I know that there was jealousy. But I still make myself a victim to it. And I still hold like, I notice myself holding residual anger. And so yesterday was the first time where I was like, I'm just going to send them love. Like I'm going to do the exact opposite and lean into how that feels. And really doing it from that standpoint, like literally praying for these people, like in the best way, sending them blessings, sending them wishes. It felt healing. Like it felt, it didn't feel fake to do that. I don't think I could have been in that state three years ago um, or two years ago, probably not even a year ago. I think it would have still felt invalidating to myself. Um, but last night was the first time where I was like, Nista, like enough of this, enough of this victim mindset, enough of this, making this narrative a constant in your lifestyle, just send them love and see how that feels. And so I even posted that with the caption saying, this isn't to, you know, some toxic positivity, like BS I'm putting out honor your worth, understand your boundaries, set those boundaries. But eventually, like, if it's getting to this point where this narrative is continuing, ask yourself, like, what can I do differently? And when I chose to step into that, that's when uh, I really could just see the pain and like mm -hmm. the wounding, right? And it, it just genuinely was an outpour of love of like, I don't want you to feel that way. Like you were a special person in my life. Like I don't, you know, and obviously things have changed and I don't know if those people even resonate with the things that they said anymore, but at least the narrative I've created in my mind and living in the past about it over and over, it helped to really reframe that. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, that's really powerful. I, I want to honor you and just being able to catch yourself in that victim mindset and being able to not only um, not only intellectualize like the experience, but fully embody that sense of whether that's forgiveness or that sense of love that you're sending them. It sounds like it came from a really heart set, heartfelt sense. And I think that's like, that's the medicine, you know. You know? Yeah. yeah, I love Beautiful. that. And that's that's what you mentioned when we started this episode of you being the medicine woman. I want to hear more about <laughs> what that means to you. Mm, yeah. Oh, the term the medicine woman for me, I just 
feel like I have this medicine bag full of so many modalities and tools that I can support other people to utilize in their own healing journey. And that's, I mean, if I, if we go back to like purpose and the why and turning, you know, um, what happened to us, to what happened for us, really, I believe that every challenge that I faced or every hardship or every trauma that I have endured in this lifetime and past lifetimes has brought me to this moment of just being in service and really um, helping raise the collective consciousness and helping really heal ancestral trauma that's not only embedded individually, but collectively. Like we can see like our whole world, not to, you know, dampen the, the moon here, but like we're all so sick in ways, you know, our mind and body and spirit are so sick and in disharmony. And um, I know firsthand what that feels like. And I also know what it's like to be on the other side of it in a way different, um, you know, in a way different mindset and a way different way of looking at my life that has completely changed, changed everything. Um, when I was in that dark night of the soul, I wanted to die. Like I literally was on the verge of ending my life. And I have an example, and this is what I tried to find um, when I try to find forgiveness or love for my parents. Um, I have them as examples. They're both examples of people that also suffered really tremendous trauma that didn't have the resources, that didn't have the support, that didn't know that they, they didn't know what they didn't know and then see the ripple effect on to, to me and their other children. And so it's like, I don't wanna be like them that hasn't had the resources or didn't go to support themselves in their in their trauma. Like, I don't wanna be like them, so I'm gonna choose another way. And then I'm also gonna break the cycle, not only for myself and my own family, but hopefully for those that feel aligned to work with me and do the do the do the same work and walk the same path as me as well. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. I feel like the idea really the concept of breaking cycles also is like it, it isn't talked about enough. It's very new. It's like, how do you break a cycle? Like what is that, you know, what does that mean? How do you know that you've broken it? That for me was a huge one where I identified certain patterns in my life and I identified what I needed to do in order to break them. But mm -hmm. knowing whether my soul on like a very deep level had actually broken the cycle or not, I didn't know. Um, so in your perspective, like how do you think you know that it's mm -hmm. no longer a pattern that you carry? So... Uh... There's a couple of things that come to my heart right now. And one is that we heal the world by healing ourselves. So first and foremost, if we want to heal anything within our world or our family systems. We always start within. That's, that's where it all begins. And then secondly, you can just kind of begin to look at the patterns of your parents and see if you have any sim similarities. Like... With my father, he has a lot of self-sabotaging patterns that I, that clearly made an impact on me because I wasn't, you know, um, raised in a really nourishing way or a nurturing way. And so then I began the cycle and subconsciously, of course, being in the self-sabotaging loop, this victimhood mindset, this why me, poor me. And if I kept going down that loop, I could have been a drug addict. I could have ended up on the street. I could have done the same thing that he was doing. Um, and so honestly, one thing that I feel so, so um, is so important is asking for help, whether that's a guide, a mentor, a therapist, you know, anybody that can support you in um, bringing awareness to what is maybe your blind spots and then doing the deep work to you know to um uncover them and, and to heal those parts and it's a process it's a journey it doesn't happen overnight i've been doing this work for five years and i'm still you know 
doing this work every single day and I will always be a student of this healing path mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. <laughs> no that's beautiful I I know a time in my life where I was really wondering you know like have I broken this cycle yet I don't know it was uh it was letting go of my last relationship. Um, mm-hmm. I knew it was a cycle that had to be broken. I knew it was a cycle from previous lifetimes. I could feel it. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, it took me years. It took me years of knowing and then finally breaking it. So I think just for the people listening right now, this conversation is a testament to giving yourself grace in a way too. So you might go back and that's okay. Um, I can't count how many times I tried to go back convincing myself with my ego of maybe it'll work out this time. Like maybe it'll just mm-hmm. be right. And that's the process of the surrender that we talked about back when we first started this conversation is like you literally at one point are forced to separate from it. And I think what's that pattern has served what it needed to serve and you've made the conscious decision to walk away from it, you'll feel that it's no longer a part of your life. At least for me, it was a feeling. It was this feeling Mm of, I'm so neutral when I think of this person now. There isn't any urge in me or any impulsivity or any desire to reach out. I'm so neutral when I think of this experience, when I think of this person and what they mean to me. Um, Not to say that he doesn't have a soft spot in my heart, but more so like, I don't feel that attachment to I need this this pattern to continue. And that's how, for me, I knew the cycle was broken. Yeah, that's powerful. It's powerful. Yeah, and I just want to just normalize that these experiences and these lessons um, can take years and sometimes lifetimes to really fully be integrated. And it's been eight years since I've been out of that past um, abusive relationship and I still have anger and I still have grief and I still have wounds um, that are there that I'm still working through and it's okay. It doesn't, there's no rush. There's no right way. It's just um, being honest and giving yourself grace, like you said, along the way and um, just taking notice of, you know, how your body and your mind and your spirit feels along the way is really important. Um, yeah, and yeah. yeah. Almost that <laughs> holy, holy trinity in a way. Um, I guess just to close out, how would you <laughs> define those, the body, mind, and the spirit? Hmm. Hmm. That's a really interesting question. I don't think I've ever had to answer this before. <laughs> How, well, it's interesting. I feel they're all really connected. You know, they make up a whole person. They make up, you know, we're not just our minds. We're not just our bodies. We're not just our spirits. We're all of it. And the more in harmony that we can can um, have those feel connected, the more I feel at peace and joy. And, and honestly, the more love, infinite love, unconditional love that we can feel and embody and express and yeah how do you find you connect the three Mm, oh my gosh I just love any practices that get me into that that state of like being a channel so whether that's writing dancing breathing um just um honestly even like having sex, whatever it is that gets you to a state where your 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 kind of ego is taking a backseat and you're fully present, fully present. I love that. I love that, that, that response so much. Not that there's a right or wrong for anyone who's like answering at home watching this, but you know, when I, when I asked that question, I was thinking of my own response as well. And I was like, oh, for me, it would almost be these like traditional modalities of like, okay, sit down and meditate, sit down and journal. And so I love that you said it's anything that just gets you in the present. Like it's anything that allows your ego to almost dissipate in a sense. 
Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's the connection. It's just that ever presence that's always within you. And I think that's so important for people to know as well is that I think at least so many people I know who are on this self-discovery journey are almost consumed with knowing whether or not they're doing it the right way. And I'm speaking from experience of like, Mm -hmm. is there a modality I need to be doing? Is there a certain like framework that I need to be following? There's so many frameworks in the new age community. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm really trying to shift away from, at least in the new season of the podcast too, is I thought there was a right way to be spiritual. Mm -hmm. I thought there was a right way to transcend. And if I didn't do it that way, I would still be in the cycle of suffering. I really thought that for for years. And so it took me a long, a long time and so many experiences, even with like spiritual gurus themselves who I met in India, who were mm-hmm. like, dude, you can meditate, but just by like observing and like just <laughs> hanging out with your friends, like just sit here and observe, like observe your friend talking, notice them talking, be immersed in the experience. That is a meditation. Like all of this just being present all of this Mm -hmm. is a play and he was like yeah like you can you can chant the mantras you can do the meditations it's powerful but you can always be spiritual there's no right way to be spiritual like Mm -hmm. you can always live and so um I love that you said that because I spirituality is just simple like it's very intuitive it's very organic and I think if anything from this conversation, I just want people to to really remember that like no one's journey looks the same. Not at all, not at all, not at all. I mean, if everyone's journey looked the same, our world would not exist because we all bring something so unique and special to it, you know? Um, and I also didn't know you were in India. I was in India too, oh, so in that's India? interesting. 2000... 2018 okay so this this was like when I just went a couple months ago to visit family um but I was there in was I yes was that 2018 I think it was 20 2019 that I went there the time before this um where in India did you go Oh, um, I started off in Mumbai and then I went to Jaipur, like I went all over the north. Um, and then I did a whole another five months around Southeast Asia. That's so fun. Did you go by yourself (laughs) or? Yeah, I did like a spiritual pilgrimage. This was like right after my dark night of the soul. And I wrote most of my book in India, like when I was over there. So So beautiful. So, wow. I mean, Tell us about that, like you traveling India <laughs> solo as a woman. Yeah, I mean, again, it was it was kind of that quiet whisper of like, go to Mother India. And I was like, okay, let's do it. I, I traveled um, a lot, you know, solo beforehand. But yeah, there's something that was calling me to her. And I think I think that's most um, for most people, like there's something special that calls you over there. And I just was like, I need to like really go self-discover and and be away from my distractions and be immersed in Eastern philosophy and um, just a whole different way of of living and being. Um, And oh my gosh, yeah, it completely changed my life. That's incredible. Wow. And so how many like weeks or months were you there in total? I was in India for six weeks and then I I did like Nepal, Vietnam, um, Thailand and Indonesia and then I came back. Oh yeah. my gosh, that's so beautiful. Did you like make friends there? Do you still have any connections out there? I made a couple of friends. Um, it was interesting though because I was kind of being mindful of like, I, I'm not, I, honestly I was, I was like, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to kind of just like, take care of myself and really get to know myself a little bit deeper. So I made beautiful friends. I actually just met up with um, somebody I met a couple of weeks ago. We, wow. met, um, we met at Holy over there at the Holy Festival and yeah. he lives down in LA. And so anyways, we met up and yeah, um, it feels like lifetimes ago though, because I was just such a different person, yeah. such a different person. Yeah. That, that yeah. is so beautiful. Wow. I did not know you even went there. Would you ever go back? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. For okay. sure. Yeah. Right now, though, I'm 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 exploring a lot more of um, kind of more of like the 
Peruvian like medicines and, and stuff like that. And so that's kind of my next phase of exploration and going to the jungle and sitting with grandmother ayahuasca and um, diving more deeper into into that, those lineages there um, just to explore and learn, you know. Yeah. So that's um, my next. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah, well, we might need to have like a whole separate conversation on our travel experiences because yes. I yes. haven't done South America yet. That's on the bucket list for me. But uh, I really started all of this to dedicate my life to traveling and like having experiences everywhere. It was it wasn't to stay in one place. And so and and you're in L.A. at the moment. No, I'm, no, I'm in Portland, Oregon. Oregon. Oh, OK, your friend was yeah. just yeah. in L.A yeah got yeah. it he came up here yeah got it yeah. 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 yeah yeah well yeah I feel like I'm learning so much about you in this conversation that I'm like that's I also realized the only other time that we connected was on that clubhouse call to share I think so our journeys so we've never even had like a one-on-one no but it feels, feels like I know you yeah what is this is wow it doesn't feel like that at all um well we no. are both Pisces so we are Pisces that makes sense that does make sense. Yes. Christine Marie, thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Um, there's so much wisdom that I feel like taking away from this conversation. So many just topics we hit that I wasn't even expecting to get to. And I feel like that's what I love about having these conversations is like coming into this today. I thought we were going to go a whole different direction. And after talking about inner child and the mind, body, spirit and dark night of the soul, it's, I don't know, it's, it's reconnecting for me in a way, because I've really stepped away from thinking about a lot of these concepts in my day to day. And having this was almost healing, like for me, in a sense. Um, Yeah, I don't know, just the past like week I've been telling you has been a little chaotic internally and so this for me was at least like a sense of groundedness um that I think I needed I didn't know I needed it but thank you because you provided it to me and um I want to leave it to you to just share your socials your links where people can find you with our audience yeah yeah thank you so much this was so beautiful and love to feel your spirit and have this conversation I can't wait for many more um yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram at Christine Marie Heels, and also my website is christinemarieheels.com. If you would like to set up, you know, an alignment call with me, if you'd like to work with me, um, buy my book, whatever it is that you need, just ask for support, email me, all the things. I'm here. I love connecting with people that resonate and find something meaningful. And yeah, also just share, like if you could email me to um, just share something that, um, was supportive for you or resonant resonant for you I would love 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 that so yeah thank you so much this was beautiful this was medicine to my heart as well so so oh well I'm honored and for everyone tuning in thank you guys so much for being here for listening and I will see you all at our next episode at conversations with Vista.